0: Hello. <laughs> I don't know if you just saw that. Um, the lights in my basement just flickered on and off. Um, and it might do that again. But thankfully, it is about 6 o'clock in the morning. So soon, I won't even need the lights. Hello. <laughs> and uh, welcome to episode 33, I think, of the Evil and Airy podcast. I am back solo. And just, you know, to warn you guys... I am going to be solo for the next couple of episodes, because there's just a lot going on this weekend, and I'm going to tell you all about it. Um, but, I sadly do not have time <laughs> to uh, meet with anybody to record any two-shot episode. I don't know why I call it two-shot's what we call it in film, when two people, are, two people are on frame. So, it's just going to be me. And I actually do have a microphone, but... Did I have time or the desire to set it up this morning? No. I'm quite tired. But like I said, I will explain my exciting weekend for you (laughs) soon enough. I didn't realize my basement was painted a different color. It used to be blue. This is new. Huh. Sorry, it's pretty early. I'm taking in my surroundings. Um, I might get distracted a couple of times just because my brain is waking up. But... I am sitting in front of my chair today, not on my chair, because I have the world's worst tripod for phones, and for some reason I can't get it to stay up tilted towards me like I usually have it. So, I figured, well, we might as well sink to its level today. (laughs) So, today we are doing an episode on something that I mentioned on... Monday's episode, the Friday the 13th episode, that is the murder of Kitty Genovese. No relation to me. As a lot of you know, my last name is Genovese. Uh, This, she could have been related to the Genovese crime family. That, I don't know. She might have been. But, no relation to me that I know of. And this was a very interesting murder that took place in the 1960s, so almost six years ago. So, before we jump into that, if you are listening, thank you for listening. This means that you're probably following us on all of our socials, but in the rare chance that you're not, follow us on our socials. uh, At Evil and Eerie Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook, and Twitter is at Evil Eerie Podcast. Definitely make sure that you hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel, because you don't want to miss anything that we post. And hit that uh, hit that bell so that it sends you a notification. We are looking for more subscribers and I've kind of been slacking off on my my marketing duties, my social media duties, and I've I've been behind on recording because August has been a weird month, but when, you know, September comes around, I'm actually going to be working remotely more. Which is crazy because we're actually I work in community access television and we actually are a hell of a lot busier in during the school year just because we we tape high school sporting events that uh, that go on in West Hartford where I work. I'm just giving you guys all the details now. Uh, is is really big into um their high schools. They have two high schools that are that are really big uh, football schools. So going to be recording a lot of those but uh for the most part i'm going to be working remotely so i'll actually have a lot more time to to work on some stuff and like i said i do have um another podcast that i want to do uh originally i was going to call it shit shooting but i think i can come up with a better name than that i think i'm i think i'm being a little bit lazy so that is on the horizon super excited for that um and that's just going to be that's not going to be evil and it could cross over into something evil and eerie. It's gonna be very sporadic topics, random almost, uh, but they're they're gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be no filter, and by no filter, I mean I am gonna have some filter, but it's for the most part, I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna get down and dirty, <laughs> And there's no telling where that one's gonna go. So that one's gonna be a lot of fun. And hopefully, hopefully I will. Get somewhere with it. I'm also writing a book. I, I'm i actually, I think this one's going to be, I, I, no, numerous times over the past couple of years, I've planned out, started planning out books. Actually, I wrote one um, by going into my freshman year of college that summer. I actually, I wrote one. It was shit. No, you can't read it because I'm not letting anyone read it. It was awful looking back on it. I mean for the for the time having just like been a high school graduate it was it was good but I have grown a lot as a writer in those 4 years. So I'm I'm thinking this is going to be the one. I've tried a couple of times over the past couple of years to plan out books, it hasn't gotten me anywhere. I think school honestly has gotten in the way of it. But now that I'm done with school, I'm going to be working remotely, I'm going to have a lot of time for it. So aside from the podcast, you need to get crack a lackin' on that book, and uh, it's it's going to be a thriller slash mystery, but it's also going to have a lot of layers of comedy in it, like this show. So I'm super excited for that, and hopefully, I will make it big off oh, of that book. I need any of you listening have any connections in the literary publishing world. Yeah. So I'm also sorry if I'm, I'm like, not making eye contact with the camera. If you're watching me on YouTube, I have to, if I do this, I'm making eye contact with it, because my, the, uh, the, um, lens is over there, but I'm just looking in this direction, so I, I'm not one of those people that doesn't make eye contact. I just have the camera facing the wrong way, and I'm not fixing it. So, before we jump into Kitty Genovese, this weekend, like I said, I can't. I, I didn't have time to record with Michelle this week. We were going to, but that that plan got cancelled. And then uh Megan. Luca's still in Luthera, so she's she's irrelevant. Do you like my new hat? Still Yankees, but it's a it's a black one. Um and the other who's the other one? Megan. <laughs> Listen to me, who's the other one? Megan and I are actually I'm going to see Megan this weekend. We're um going to be working on a short film in Northeastern Connecticut. No, no, Northwestern, sorry. Northwestern Connecticut. And I'm the production manager. Megan is the sound mixer. And that is Friday and Saturday. And I'm up super early today because I have to get up up super early tomorrow and Sunday. Oh, Lord. I'm recording two episodes today, maybe three, (laughs) so... I will talk about me and sleep in the next episode, because we are not friends. It's time to get into Kitty Genovese, though. I've wasted enough. (laughs) I've been chattering enough, so let's just jump right in. So, this is a case based on Catherine Kitty Genovese. And so, she was born in Brooklyn, New York, and she had four younger siblings. She was Italian-American. If, you know, if that wasn't any indication enough, <laughs> uh, she, her you know, last name Genvisi, very Italian name. So she was Italian-American. So she was raised Catholic, as a lot of Italian-Americans in New York in the 1930s are. She was born in 1935, by the way. And so she went to an all-girls uh, Catholic high school, she was seen said to have a very sunny disposition. Everyone loved her. Uh, her mother, actually. This is kind of like a weird kind of like foreshadowing. Her mother witnessed a murder. And they moved after that to New Canaan, Connecticut. So, again, another tie to Connecticut. We have too many ties. I feel like everything, every one of these episodes can be tied to Connecticut. Um, I actually don't know where New Canaan is, though. And now I'm curious. So, we're going to click on the link and see... Where, okay, that's, all right, that's way down south, near near New York. Go figure. So, she graduated from high school in 1954, but uh, she stayed in Brooklyn with her grandparents because she had a wedding coming up, and it's very interesting that she got married for a specific detail about Kitty Genovese that I will share soon. They wed later that year, but... That year, as well, the marriage got annulled, so it didn't even last a couple of months. She moved into an apartment in Brooklyn. She worked a lot of clerical jobs, but she didn't like any of them. She had accepted a position as a bartender in the late 1950s, and uh, by August 1961, just three years before everything went down, she was uh, doing bookmaking. She was taking bets on horse races. She was arrested for it because, you know, I, I you know, I didn't, I'm not sure of all the legalities. Of the, I'm assuming it, it had to have been illegal. Um, she was fined $50 and lost her job. <laughs> oh my god, a $50 fine. So uh, she held, <clears throat> sorry, she held another bartending position at, Ev's eleventh hour in on uh, Jamaica Avenue and One Ninety Third Street in Queens, and was soon managing the bar on behalf of uh, its absentee owner. She was working double shifts. She was saving money. She was doing very well for herself, and she wanted to use it to open up her own Italian restaurant. She, you know what? She knew what she was doing. Good for her. She had a she had a goal. So, this is why I found the fact that she was married very interesting. I might sneeze, by the way. Because I I feel my nostrils flaring up. Uh, She actually, in 1963, met Marianne Zielonko, which I'm assuming is a Polish name. Um, Don't quote me on that. I don't know why I said... I don't know. Okay. I don't know why that matters, but it's just, that's like, that's my mind. Whenever I see it last name, I'm like trying to figure out what, what nationality it is. Uh, who she actually entered into a relationship with. Um, so it makes sense as to why the marriage was annulled. Uh, Kitty Genovese was in fact a lesbian. So now on to the meat of the story. I always find it weird when people say, "onto the meat of uh, the subject or the meat of the story. Yeah, I say it myself. I just, I find it amusing. So, we are talking about March 13th, 1964. And this was a Friday, which is why it was, we mentioned it on the Friday the 13th episode. It was Friday, March 13th. So, Friday the 13th in 1964. Sorry, someone's moving around upstairs. Gave me a little, my heart skipped a beat. So, oh, they have a picture of where this all went down. Okay, so, this was, it was really freaky because it was on Friday the 13th. So, it's not just any normal March 13th. I'm telling you, nothing good happens on that day. Nothing good. At approximately 2.30 in the morning, C. left the bar where she worked and began driving home in her red Fiat. I almost said red flat, because I can't read, and I thought it was a uh, lower... It is it's it is an I. Her red Fiat, that would have been embarrassing if I had said red flat. I would have been like, what kind of car is a flat? And then I would have realized it said Fiat. While waiting for a traffic light to change, she was spotted by Winston Mosley, who was sitting in his parked car. She got home around 3.15 in the morning and parked her car in the Kew Gardens, Long Island, railroad station, parking lot. Good God, that was a mouthful. And uh, this was only about a hundred feet from her apartment store, so she wasn't too far. This, it was in an alleyway in the back of the building. She walked towards the apartment complex and Mosley followed her home, of course, got out of his vehicle, which he had parked on a corner bus stop on Austin Street. He had a hunting knife. And he went up to good old Kitty. I would love to know. I know, you know, it's, it is the Lorenzo fashion to ask all of these questions in the middle of the case, only to have them answered later on. So I'm sure that what I'm about to ponder will be answered shortly, because that's just how everything works with me. I wonder if he had a relationship with her. At first when I was reading that, I was like, is it her ex-husband? But no, they definitely would have said if it was, like that would have been blown up a lot more on this page. So I wonder if there was like a relationship, like maybe, I don't know, he like hit on her and she turned him down or he was just stalking her and she, she was filing complaints. I don't know. I wonder if there was some sort of reason why or she could have just been a random target There, like one of the serial killers like that just have a look of people that they that they victimize i don't know like i said we're probably going to find out shortly because i usually ask questions that are answered later on so kitty ran towards the front of the building and mostly chased her he overtook her and stabbed her twice in the back. She screamed, Oh my God, he stabbed me. Help me. I would do a more dramatic reading of that, but someone's going to come downstairs soon and they're going to hear me and they're going to feel like, What the hell are you doing? So we're going to avoid that. I hear water. Several neighbors, and this is something that we mentioned. In the Friday the 13th episode, because it was just such a weird fact. Several neighbors heard her screaming and crying. Several. Uh, it does say only a few of them recognized it as a cry for help, but I don't know. I find that... Uh, I, now, I was not alive in the 1960s, obviously. And I certainly wasn't in New York. Again. But in the 1960s, at 3 o'clock in the morning, if you hear a scream, I don't know. I, I, would, I, I, would, I would be convinced that something was wrong. Now, like I said, it wasn't around in the 60s. But it's not like today, where people have ragers at 3 o'clock in the morning. Where if you heard a scream, you'd be like, oh... Some party is going on. But this was the 60s. It was New York. Granted, New York has always been a weird place. But I don't know. So that, that could have been an exception. So one of the neighbors, Robert Moser, shouted at the attacker, Let that girl alone. That is such a 1960s thing to say. Let that girl alone. <laughs> Not leave her alone. Let that girl alone. The phrasing. Gets me. Mosley then ran away, and Genevieve slowly made her way towards the rear entrance of the building. She was very seriously injured, and none of the witnesses could see her. Ah. So the witnesses then saw Winston Mosley. I don't like that name, by the way. Get in his car, drive away. But he came back ten minutes later. They always come back. Now he had a wide-brimmed hat on because he wanted to shadow his face. That great disguise. Great disguise. And as if he didn't do enough damage, he systematically searched the parking lot, the train... I don't know if I said that weird. The train station and an apartment complex. He found her. She was barely conscious, lying in a hallway at the back of the building where a locked door had prevented her from from going inside. So she was trying to escape. Sadly, she didn't make it. And because of the locked door, she just had to basically surrender to that back room. I don't know why he went back. He must have known in the back of his head he didn't, you know. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't make sense that he left. I mean, like if he was if the if the guy that shouted let her alone or whatever was, you know, threatening to him. Wouldn't he have been scared enough to stay away permanently? Or, I don't know, maybe he was demented. I mean, obviously he was demented He killed her, but... So, nobody, they were completely out of view of the street. Nobody could see them. Um And, nor, regardless of whether they were on the... Sorry, like I said, guys, it's early in the morning, so... Bear with me on this, on my, on my speech. <laughs> um, regardless of whether they were driving on the street or whether they were neighbors that could potentially see, they were completely out of view of everybody now. Everybody. So, he stabbed her several more times. He assaulted her sexually, which I didn't know. I I knew the stabbing part. I didn't know that part. Scumbag. Uh, he stole forty-nine dollars from her, and he ran away again. The attacks approximately spanned half an hour. That's that is rough. That is rough to uh, for, to go that long. Being uh, the poor poor girl, the knife wounds in her hands suggested that she was trying to defend herself from him. A neighbor and close friend, Sophia Farrar, found her after the second attack shortly after and comforted her until the ambulance arrived. So the earliest calls to the police are not clear and they were not very heavily prioritized. Uh, It happened four years before the 911 emergency call system was implemented in New York City. Unfortunately, I don't know why it took four years later to do that after something like this, because I'm assuming this wasn't the only one in New York. New York was a very high, uh, high crime. To, I mean, still is, but like in, especially in the '60s. So, which is why I'm still concerned. Still, I'm still questioning why nobody did anything about the screams. I don't know. But uh, one witness said his father called the police after the first attack, and said the that a woman was beat up but got up and was staggering around so obviously you can see from the police's perspective that they probably wouldn't take that as seriously because it doesn't sound like something all that serious after the last attack a few minutes later carl ross who was another witness called two friends for advice on what to do the second of whom called a third friend who called the police so we, we're already wasting a ton of time here like what do I do you call your friend they call another friend like what do you mean what do you do when you hear somebody screaming and see somebody get assaulted what do you do you're gonna sit on that one I I don't know that's just that's beyond me because I feel like that's I feel like common sense is screaming in your ear at that point but I don't know Common sense was something that I feel like wasn't around too much in the '60s. I'm mean. I'm so mean. I'm so. I'm so sorry if you are uh, a boomer or whatever the hell was before that, (laughs) or a Gen, uh, a Gen Xer, a Gen Xer. Is that what's next? Um. Obviously, common sense was around. I'm just mean, and I'm tired. So she was picked up by an ambulance at 4.15 in the morning, an hour later. Sadly, she died en route to the hospital and she was buried on March 16th, 1964, in New Canaan, Connecticut. She's with us, as she should be. So during the police investigation, Mary Ann Zelenko, I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce Polish names. I am about half Polish. So, I need to get on that. (laughs) So, uh, she was questioned by Detective Mitchell Sang at 7 o'clock on the morning after the murder. They, oh my god, they really didn't give her a lot of time. I mean, I guess you really can't, but. She was later questioned for six hours by two homicide detectives, John Carroll and Jerry Burns whose questioning centered on her relationship with BC. This was also the police's focus when they questioned the couple's neighbors. She originally was actually considered to be a suspect as well, which is interesting. Six days after, Winston Mosley was arrested for suspected robbery in Queens after a television set was discovered in the trunk of his car, which was a white Chevrolet Corvair. Never heard that uh, make before. His car was searched after a local man became suspicious when Mosley started taking the television from a neighbor's house. He questioned him. Uh, He claimed to be a removal worker, but uh, his neighbor, Jack Brown, confirmed that his neighbors weren't moving. So they were like, all right, yep, nope, that's not correct. The police were called now after this. Uh, They disabled his car so that he couldn't get away before the police arrived. They had a white car had been recorded, reported as um, being seen at the Genovese crime scene and they put two and two together. He had also murdered two other women, Annie Mae Johnson, who he had shot and burned to death, lovely, in Queens, and a 15-year-old named Barbara Kralik, who had been killed in her parents' home the previous summer. So, Winchin Mosley, who was, oh, he only just recently died, five years ago, in 2016. He was 81. Oh, wow, he was her exact age, too. He was Kitty Genovese's exact age. Uh, So, he is a freaky looking man. I almost thought, oh, lord. Very, very scary looking man. I'll have to have Michelle post a picture of him. So uh, he was 29 years old, as was she, when uh, it was, when um, the murder occurred. He was working as a tab operator. Uh, he was preparing punched cards for data storage for digital computers. He was married with three children and had no criminal record. He confessed to killing her, detailed the attack. He said that he wanted to simply kill a woman. He said he preferred to kill women because they were easier and didn't fight back. What a wimp. What a coward. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. He got up at two o'clock in the morning to leave his wife to drive around and find a victim. What a piece of shit. So there were there was no connection. Um and obviously he was a necrophile. Um I don't think he did anything with her body afterwards, but that was that was said to be a uh, a test result after they would given him a psych evaluation. He died in prison. Thank God he stayed in there. At the age of 81, he was one of the longest-serving inmates in the New York state prison system. And I'm... uh, It's saying Vincent Genovese, who was the brother, never recovered from the sister's murder. And uh, oh, oh Lord, that was in two thousand eight. Yikes! Almost forty over 40, 45 years later, just about. So, I I'd heard of this case years ago, years ago, just because I'd, I'd um, my, I I researched. My everyone looks up their last name. Don't act like you don't unless you have a common last name like Brown or Smith. Now you probably still do it at that point, but mine mine's weird. So naturally, I looked it up. My last name and uh she came across as one of the search results that and the genovese crime family because they are they are the most famous among us i don't think i have any relation to any of them though but you know so i i i had heard of her case and i i knew the premise of it i didn't know there were some things i didn't know upon you know until doing this this viewing but I had known the gist of the case and it's it is the textbook definition of a random murder I feel like like literally she was just in the wrong place at the wrong time and sometimes you know usually we cover murders on this program we do cover murders on this program <laughs> program what am I 80 we uh, we do ones with motives just so we can evaluate them. But sometimes, and I'm saying sometimes, not all of the time, sometimes, the ones with no motive are are the more interesting ones. And I'm not saying all the time, and I know a lot of you are going to disagree with me. I'm saying sometimes. Just because it's like, dang, it really, they make you think more. Like, oh my God, if she had left maybe 10 minutes earlier or something like that, I don't know. Literally just, wrong place wrong time so rest in peace kitty genovese maybe we have cousins mutual cousins that we don't know about um i i actually i don't know i i don't think we get related because i don't have any family from new york um actually i don't have any family other than other than my connecticut family i i think all my all my relatives are in connecticut i don't think think when they came off the boat I think they literally all came to Connecticut so I I don't see how I mean you know weirder things have happened but I don't believe there's any way that we could be related but we have a bond for life because we have the same last name a bond beyond the grave but anyway I can't believe we're already a half hour in which means I am doing good, and I have more to go (laughs) today, so I'm going to uh, be cutting these episodes kind of like at around the half hour mark, just because I need to get some shows out, and I also need to send Michelle details for the posts before she murders me, and she's probably going to be up in an hour, so thank you for listening. Please remember to subscribe, like, rate, review, download, and join us on monday join me on monday again sorry it'll be a solo episode you'll hear me complain about sleep <laughs> by me and sleep's relationship because it's a weird one and we are going to do another murder i'll let you it's been a while since i've let you guys in on what we were going to do for the next episode so you're in for a treat today We are going to do the rebecca schaefer murder and uh for those of you who don't know who she was she was an actress who was murdered in the 1980s and this one does have a backstory behind it it's a really interesting case uh one of my favorites and i believe they have uh a documentary and or movie about it like i think it might be like a docu it's either a documentary or like one of those like documentary movies like a made for made-for-documentary movie, something like that. Anyway, thank you, guys. Enjoy your weekend. This is the last... F- no, it's not, Lorenzo. its I was going to say this is the last full weekend in August, but it's very much not. I'm really jumping the gun. I guess I'm super excited for September. I don't know if I am or not. But anyway, thank you. Have a good night.